How many of y'all believe the Lord is good? Hallelujah. As much as I would have loved to have continued, thank you. Can we give it up for Dominion Worship again this morning? As much as I would have loved to have continued in our For God So Love This Region series, I felt a strong check in my spirit yesterday uh, to bring revelation to where it is needed because I want to start off this morning by saying I believe it's the church's job to keep believers informed when major and minor prophetic events begin to unfold in the world. I'm here this morning not to instill fear in anyone, but rather revelation and an awareness that will cause complacency, though, to be shaken. Come on, somebody. See, with the recent events unfolding with Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the war that's happening unlike anything we've seen since the previous Cold War and even into World War II, the stage is being set for the possibility of a great prophetic event and significance to begin to unfold. I believe if there was ever a time for true apostolic, fire-filled, power-demonstrating, unshakable, unstoppable, bold-as-a-lion church hour to arise, it is now! While many Americans are comfortable playing church, God is looking for a praying church. But I believe that there is a remnant arising. I believe that there are those that are set apart, consecrated, set aside, and they are hearing what heaven is saying. For those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is speaking, I believe that there are those whose ears are tuned in, and I believe that they understand we are living in an hour of great significance. Without a doubt, I know many of you, whether you have watched the news or whether you have scrolled through your news feeds, but over and over again in, this, in your mind and in your homes, you have watched videos. You have engaged uh, through social media of countless stories and events that are unfolding in Ukraine. And I felt it is my job as your spiritual leader to put in place what is needed, but putting it in place for the sake of peace. But I also want to bring some awareness to you where it is needed to make sure that you remain full of faith. I don't want to get ahead of myself this morning, but I do want to say that the event that is happening in a matter of hours could begin to flip the scale towards full-on World War III, which will be great prophetic significance that will usher us directly into the end times. Literally. Uh, This morning as I awoke and uh, I spent time in the Word, spent time with the Lord preparing this message, I then did like many of you did and probably was on social media and I was reading news and I was seeing where Russia was talking about the idea of putting implementations against nukes and countries that are wanting to support Ukraine. They're beginning to make threats. So what I'm saying is threats are rising. We are seeing where China has discussions of coming to the table and then yet withdrawing, but then there's... There's nation amongst nation that is arising in turmoil of the things that are happening. And I want to tell you this morning, it's of great prophetic significance. But let me tell you something. Revelancy must be one of the portions of Dominion Church. It has to be a portion that we carry. And what I mean by that is, is that we have to remain relevant to the times. Nothing against David and Goliath. Nothing against Jonah and the great fish. But the church has preached them stories so long and so much that the church has grown dull and dumb to the even significance of those. But what needs to arise is the now word of God, the rhema, the revelation that will carry a church into a season, whether it be total persecution or revealed power. We got to have the now word of God. We must be able to instruct our church on how to navigate through the season and in the times that are just ahead. And this morning, this message, I believe that I'll help do exactly that. Matthew 24, you don't have to stand this morning because I have a lot of scripture I want to go through, but out of the reverence of of reading God's word. Matthew 24, verse 3. It says, and as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately and they said, tell us, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Somebody say the end of the age. And Jesus answered and he said, watch out that no one deceives you. 
For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see in it that you are not alarmed. Somebody shout, not alarmed. Because such things must happen, but the end is still to come. And nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to, pers- to be persecuted and put to death. And you, somebody say you, you. will be hated by all nations for, because of me. I'll read from here. And all these are the beginning of birth pains, and you'll be handed over and be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. And at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and become offended with one another and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then somebody say then the end will come father we thank you today for the word of the lord god we thank you today for the rhema god for the now word god for the spoken word god that you are speaking to your people and father i simply ask that those that have ears to hear let them hear and father those that may be lost those that may be backslidden those that may have gone astray that are under the sound of my voice this morning father i know it's no man comes but by the holy spirit that draws him and god i ask that your holy spirit now begin to draw begin to woo begin to pull on the heartstrings of men, women, and children that are seated under the sound of my voice. Father, that they would not be drawn to me, but they would be drawn to you. Jesus, you said if you be high and lifted up, you'll draw all men unto you. Father, we ask for the drawing of the Holy Spirit. We ask for the opening of deaf spiritual ears in the name of Jesus. Come open now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are speaking to us today. You are giving us enlightenment and revelation that we may be informed as children that know the plan of their daddy. Father, we thank you today for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And the church said, amen Amen and amen. I want to talk to you about the signs and the seals of time. I don't even know if I'll get into the seals this morning. But I want to talk to you about the significance of things that are happening. Anytime that major prophetic events begin to unfold, the church must take a pause and look. The heavens uh, were put in place with the sun and the moon. And Genesis said that, that these would serve as signs uh, of the time. And he said that he put a lesser light to rule by night and a brighter light, the sun, to rule by day. But that these would become signs of the season and the time. It's there that we find that God put things in the earth to show his people signs that we would not be uninformed or ill-informed, but indeed we would know not the day nor the hour, but we can know the season. Somebody say we can know the season. And I want to just prophetically paint a calendar of where I believe the world is so that you can put your finger in a season and say, yeah, we're closer. No, we're still a great ways off. And so I want to do that through going through Matthew 24 first and begin to give you some signs of the time. As we go into Matthew 24 and verse 3, it tells us, Jesus speaking, he says, he says, don't be deceived. Watch that no one deceives you. His disciples have just asked him, he said, when is the end coming? Verse 4, he says, watch that no one deceives you. And so as we begin to realize that as disciples are wanting to know, is now the end of the world? When is the end of the world happening? Jesus says, okay, first, be careful that no one deceives you. The first sign that we are headed towards the end times is deception begins to arise. Catch this. Deception begins to arise. Many will be preaching Jesus is the Messiah, but catch this. They will be using the message of the Messiah to draw the masses to themselves. <laughs> Y'all didn't know we there, huh? You can turn, you can put a big red X through that calendar date and say, yep, yeah, that's on the calendar. That's already passed. See, deception, Jesus says, many will be coming. They'll be telling you that I'm the Messiah. Catch that. They will be saying that he is the Messiah. They will be declaring that Jesus is Lord. But why does deception arise? Because they are using the name of Jesus to draw the masses, not to the Messiah, but to themselves. Woo. 
I'm talking about the kingdoms of men. I'm talking about the church prostituting the gospel of Jesus. I'm talking about men making church into a money-making Ponzi scheme. Talking about rock star preachers that are saying, follow me. And it's the reason why we're seeing so many of them fall. I don't know about a Pascal, I just can't seem to get close to him. Good, bro, because I'm not here for you to get close to me. I'm here for you to get close to him. As long as we set the record straight today. Don't follow me, follow him. Watch, watch. How do you know that there's a deceiver among the brethren? Acts 20 and 28. He said, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among you, which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Yeah. Woo! Somebody say, church split. See, what begins to happen in the end times is we will see church split after church split. Yeah. Woo! Y'all didn't know you live in a county with 396 churches and you got the first church of, the second church of, the third church of, and really they were all one church of at one time. But somebody... Somebody got mad in a council meeting. Somebody got mad or bored with something. Somebody didn't like something. They said, well, I'm just going to go down the road and start my own church. <laughs> follow me. Follow me. Look, I, I've got revelation that, that the pastor don't have. He, he's ignorant to this regarding the word. You need to follow me. And then all of a sudden, like, like Peter and, and the piper, he's leading them. And, and the blind mice walking away. Yeah, let's talk about it. How do you know that we're headed towards the end times? Because deception will arise and you'll find men and women that they don't want you drawn to Jesus. They name to use the name of Jesus to draw you to them. Oh, that's good preaching. The second thing that we find is that there will be the rise of rumors of wars and wars. See, the war that is happening right now is unlike anything that's been seen in the last 30 years. Can I tell you that this is an uncommon event? I said it's uncommon. Russia invading Ukraine could easily begin to unfold into major prophetic scenarios. For example, if any other country right now were to step in on either side, it would begin to begin the unfolding of World War III. The moment, let's just say, I'm just talking for example, but let's say that Germany steps in with Ukraine. Guess what? All of a sudden, the allies of Russia now jump in. You got somebody like China that comes to the table. You got somebody like Syria or Iran that comes to the table. And all of a sudden, then that happens. It's like this. How many of y'all, y'all, maybe you don't, you weren't from the street or, or where I was, but you, you were there at the party and it was fine as long as both of them were duking out. But once, once somebody else jumped in, it was like, ah, and it was full on like your boys against my boys. Okay, some of y'all from the same hood. All right, um. So what we're seeing is literally nations that are on their tippy toes and all they're waiting for is somebody to jump into the fight. And the moment that they do, World War III will explode. Okay, all right. I just want you to understand how, how, how possibi the possibility of the great prophetic significance of the event that's unfolding right now. See, you could very quickly begin to see Russia and China, a coalition of them, uh, be formed by joining places like Iran and Syria and Turkey. And we find out in the book of Revelation, there's a, reverence, a reference of the red dragon. Yes. <laughs> this is what I love about your Bible. It's so amazing. He specifically never used, space, uh, in the book of Revelation, how many of y'all know we live in that book right now? It's the least read book of your Bible because so many people read it and they say, well, I just don't understand it. And they're like, I don't know, it just seems too mystic for me. And they close the page. It is the book you're living in. It is the book of the now age. It is the book of today. There, there should be no other book read, read, read greater and longer and more in, the, in your Bible than the book of Revelation. 
The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are just testimony. They are foundations. But Revelation is the walls. It's the insulation. It's the furniture inside the house. It is the fulfillment of all things. And yet we find that in Revelation there's a mention of a red dragon. How many of y'all know that China's symbol is a red dragon? You know what's amazing? Is this was written before there was any identifying of China as a red dragon. But God who knows all, sees all from the very beginning, put symbols in place that would never be contingent upon the time or the era. Woo! Why did he not call it China? I'll tell you why. Because China wasn't always called China. And if he called it China, it would have been null and void and not within its space and time. So he said, we're going to identify it by a red dragon. Because whether it be in 2022 or back in 1777, they're going to be identifying themselves as a red dragon. It's also there in the book of Revelation that we find a beast like a bear. Do some research. You can get on Google and you'll find pictures of Russia that identifies itself as a bear. Oh yeah, we're talking now. It's all in your Bible. It's all in there. Some of y'all say, what happens to America? Maybe someday I'll tell you about that. I may touch on it a little bit here in a minute. But I want to give you stuff that you can go home and indulge in because we find in Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39, these nations form a coalition that will eventually lead to the battle of Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog, G-O-G and M-A-G-O-G. Now, you have to understand, once again, these are not places as far as geographical name places. There is no place in the world called Magog, okay? But what it is is that word literally means far north. Woo! And Ezekiel has a picture that he begins to paint in 37, 38, and 39. That the nations of the earth coming out of basically a world war. There are those that begin to march down from the north towards Israel. See, it's all about Israel. It's always been about Israel. It will always be about Israel. God's chosen people. Now, here's the most amazing thing. I don't mind. Y'all can get on Google. Fact check me while I'm preaching it. But if you get on and you look at a map of the earth and you, you put your finger on Israel and you go as far north as you can, guess what? You land in a little country that's not so little at all. It's Russia, 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 all the way to the northern uh, Antarctica. And what we find that through Ezekiel 37 and 38, that this country from the far north will begin to make her way down towards Israel. And as she makes her way towards Israel, she will be gathering coalition of neighboring nations like Turkey and she'll be gathering neighboring nations like uh, like Iran and Syria and they will begin to march towards Israel in what we know to be the battle amongst battles, the greatest battle that has ever been seen. The Bible says that the blood will be to the horse's bridle, unlike anything that has ever been seen before. And there will be nations that are saying, hey, the Bible says that they inquire, what are you doing? I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe there is where we find America. Maybe there in their cancel culture, lukewarm, pansy, padded. What, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's like the person when a fight breaks out, the only thing they want to do is be like, yeah, look, what are they doing? Let me tell you something. God's looking for a people that'll say, I ain't here to videotape. I'm here to step in into it. And if you're against Israel, you're against God. And, and see, here's the most amazing thing, though, that as these nations begin to march down towards the north, 
They are going to have full intentions of taking captive of Israel. They have full intentions of taking over Israel. We see things like the Antichrist arriving on the scene and the abomination of desolation happening when he stands in the temple and begins to desecrate it with pig's blood. We begin to see nation upon nation that is coming against Israel, but the glory of God begins to rise. And as the nations begin to come down, the Bible says, and I quote, and God himself will fight for Israel and he'll begin to rain hail and fire from the skies and he'll wipe out troops and, and chariots. He'll take out the nations that are coming against Israel. In this battle amongst battles, the king of kings and the Lord of lords shows his kingship and his sovereign partnership with the nation of Israel through covenant that he said, I'll bless those that bless you and I'll curse those that curse you. It's God himself that will arise on the scene and he will fight on behalf of Israel. And it's from concepts like that that we get songs that it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. So as war amongst war begins to talk and there's talks of, of war, I want to tell you today verse 6, Matthew 24 verse 6 please, is the major focal point though. It says, do not be alarmed. I appreciate what Brooke said at the beginning of service in the reverence of scripture that says in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request be known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. See, because if the enemy can get a hold of your anxiety, he traps your anointing. And now no longer am I focused on what God is doing through me. I'm focused on what the enemy is doing to me. And now no longer am I flowing in the oil. I'm flowing in worry. I'm flowing in stress. I'm flowing in fear. And we find out that perfect love casts out all fear. That, that, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. See, verse 6 says, don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed when you see nations rising against nations. Some of you, my God, I'm speaking right now prophetically. Some of you are pregnant. Some of you are starting families and you are fearful for your children. Let me tell you something. God is no fool. He has not got it wrong. There's a good chance that there's an end times messenger in your belly that will be full of the Holy Ghost. That will move a movement of God. Don't you back up. Don't you relent. God's got something that he's still not done with. He was no fool when he made Daniel because Daniel went in the den. He was no fool when he made David and David stood before Goliath. And he's no fool with your family. He's assigned them and anointed them for such a time as this. Y'all worried about the world that your kids grow up in? Let me tell you something. The enemy better be worried about our kids that are coming. Hey! Because we're going to raise fire, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, devil stomping, demon casting, power packed children for the glory of God. Don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Some of you lost peace. Some of you lost joy. Some of you are so worried you sit home. Go home. Turn off the news and become the good news. See, wars like this that are unfolding right now have not been given to instill fear into us but rather to become an alarm clock to a church that has been found asleep. It is a shaking for the awakening that the giant of the Lord's bride will arise and be adorned in glory and power. This ain't the time we pack up, back up, and go to, go, to, go to caves. This is the time we come out, fire baptized, walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Ah, my God, this is the time that the true church arises. 
The third sign of the time, the third sign of the time tells us that there will be a rise of pestilence and famine in the land. For those of you that didn't know, we are living slap in the midst of a pandemic. Unlike anything the world has seen since the early 900, 1900s, and even even at that scale, that it's been pictated as worse, it's been pictated as as more detrimental. We got to understand that what we are currently living in is uncommon. So not only is there wars and rumors of wars, but there's pestilence and famine, unlike we've ever seen before. Do you know that? In the case of, uh, uh, of not just famine, COVID, and the pandemic, do you know that inflation in our, in our nation is the highest it has been since the Great Depression? Yes. Hold on, let's talk. I'm going to teach you something about economics they didn't teach you in school. So what we find is that inflation, where your dollar once was worth something yesterday, is no longer worth that, so you need more dollars to account for the value of the thing that you're purchasing. Yes. Where $1 was no longer good at the gas pump, now it'll take you $4 to buy that same gallon. Inflation. Okay, watch. The Bible says in Revelation, I'm going to read it maybe towards the end of this as we begin to talk about the seals, that there is a rider coming who is on a black horse, and in his hand is a scale. In his hand is, is, is scales, not a scale of justice, but a scale of the market. And the Bible says that he begins to shout, a day's wage for a loaf of bread, a day's wage for a loaf of bread. And all of a sudden, we begin to find out that through famine and pestilence, that all of a sudden, what used to be able to buy a loaf of bread no longer buys it has the sealed the dark horse already been released that's a question that needs to be asked where does the signs and the seals line up in regards because we need to understand these things so that we can properly posture ourselves as the ecclesia the church the governing body of Christ let me tell you something though you know a lot of brides when it begins to storm on their wedding day they get sad They think the wedding's ruined. Can I tell you that the bride of Christ, that when it begins to storm on her wedding day, the truth of it is, is that you're going to see a bride in revival. You're going to see a bride on fire. You're going to see a bride rejoicing. You're going to see a bride that's not backing up, packing up, sitting down and shutting up. She's going to stand up, stand out, speak up and speak out. She'll be full of the power of God. She'll be ready. Her, her, the Bible says that her, her robe will be washed. Her, her dress will be white. It'll be spotless. It'll be blameless. It'll be without found any, any stain on her dress. Hallelujah. Pestilence and famine is the third sign that we begin seeing the fourth. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry up and wrap up. The fourth thing that we see. Thank you, Reb Bev. I will. If y'all get mad, get with her. The fourth sign that we see is that of earthquakes. Do you know that just since January 1, the state of South Carolina alone has seen over 30 earthquakes in our state? That's one every two days. Somebody say that's uncommon. Do you know that in the world as a whole, that there has been over 16,894 earthquakes Not over the last lifespan, not over the last century, not over the last 50 years. Last year alone. Now watch. Jesus said that these are the signs that are coming to begin to awaken us to know where we are prophetically. So that we know where we are on God's calendar of end time events. How many of y'all hit the snooze button twice this morning? How many of y'all hit it four times? Come on, put them up. How many of y'all hit it more than 10 times? Nobody, praise God. If you did, you wouldn't be here this morning. You'd still be there. Can you imagine, can you imagine that the alarm clock has went off 16,894 times and all of a sudden God's saying, it's time for my church to get up. It's time for my church to get up. Last year alone, almost 17,000 times, he rattled the earth saying, get up, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen among us. 
17,000 times he's saying, get up. You can't stay where you are anymore. You got to rise and shine. The fifth sign is the rise of persecution. You know, I've noticed lately an extreme amount of censorship on things like Facebook. Let me, let me be honest. Why is Dominion TV so important? I'll tell you why. I, I believe, you know, we reach 162 countries th- through TV with Dominion TV. Give God praise for that. Right now, well, not right now, but this, uh, this Monday night or Tuesday night at 7 p.m., this service will be streamed through 162 countries. But I'm going to be honest with you. That's, Dominion TV is my ace in the, in the hole. That's all it is. Because we reach more people through Facebook and iCampus. We reach more. But I went ahead under the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go ahead and lock in a place that on Dominion TV that, you know, we follow up behind Apostle Ron Carpenter. Ron Carpenter's at 6.30, and then boom, there comes Dominion Church at 7 p.m. And I say that to say because I was prompted to lock in. Why was I desiring to go ahead and lock in the spot with Dominion TV? I'll tell you why. Because some of you have recently been censored on Facebook. It further confirms what I already know. There is coming a day where they will shut down free speech and sermons and services like this will no longer be streamed. Y'all better hear me. They'll no longer be streamed on Facebook. So to you people that are staying at home and you've been wooed to sleep by watching service just through Facebook, you better get ready because when they censor it and shut it down, God's saying you got to get here. Some of y'all can go to Walmart. Some of you can go to school. You can go to concerts, but you can't show up to church. That's a lie from hell. And it's time you get up and get back in the house of God. The breach of free speech is just a minimal sign of persecution, but persecution will only continue to arise as we begin to march towards the end times and no longer will we, be, we be just be able to rise up and freely share our faith. It's, I, I, find it, I find it appalling that men dressed as women in skirts and fairy tales can show up to schools and tell my kid that he doesn't have to be a boy if he don't want to. That's a lie from hell. I find it upheaving to the point that I want to vomit. That they tell us you can be a boy and have sex with a boy. And they teach an anal sex in the school. I find it to the point that I want to throw up. But don't you talk about Jesus. Speak up and speak the truth. Shame the devil in Jesus' name. Tell the truth and shame the devil. I'm almost done. The seventh sign that we see is the rise of false prophets. Hold on. We're going to shake it one more time. Never in my life have I seen the anointing so lacking in churches. It is disgusting. Y'all scared they're going to say something? If you didn't know, I'm the one saying all this. All eyes will be on me after today. Don't worry. All you got to do is say amen if you agree with it. It is disgusting the amount of the lack of anointing that is in churches. It is disgusting that we can pack out buildings and his presence be miles from it. It is disgusting that sermons can be preached in his name, but he is not amongst the congregation. It is disgusting that the sick come in and they leave sick. It is disgusting that we got demon-possessed leaders and they wouldn't know a devil if he revealed a horns and a pitchfork. I intentionally visit churches not to be a critic in hopes that we can see real revival. As this church is praying, God, give us this region. We're not saying, God, allow everyone to come to Dominion Church. 
I don't want that. I don't want that. Because my God, I can't, I don't even want to deal with that many people. You know what I am praying though? Is my God put some men of God, women of God that love you in your pulpits and allow real revival to hit the PD region. Never in my life have I seen the lack of anointing that I see in churches. It's sickening. Poor eye campus. They're going to think I'm going to come for them this morning. It's sickening to me that many of you sit here and you watch this service because where you sit, you ain't fed and you're drying up and you're dying. It's sickening. Let me tell you something. If I was on a sinking ship, I'd get out, baby. I'd run. If my soul was at stake, I wouldn't stay there. You talking about my family being saved. You talking about my calling being fulfilled. And you think I'm going to pull up a chair and play church? You got me twisted, brother. The last thing, and I'm done. Go to verse 10, please, on, on, on the screen. Actually, they shouted so much, I got two more. Y'all shouted one right on the scene. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry, not Revelation. Matthew chapter 24, verse 10. I'm sorry for that. I was in Revelation last. I'll own that. Revelation. And go to the New King James Version, will you? I'm going to help some church folk out right here. I need the NKGV, please. Thank you. Y'all give it up for our media team. Everyone stretch your hands this way. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Matthew 24, verse 10. Y'all getting excited? Matthew 24 and verse 10. Go ahead and you can write that verse down though too. It's good. I'm going to do this and I got one more and then we're done. I promise. So how do you know there's a sign of the end times? And then many will be offended. They'll betray one another and they'll hate one another. Stop right there. Just leave that scripture on the screen. Never in my life have I seen as many sissies in church as I see today. You don't shake their hand and they get mad and want to leave and they're offended. Let me tell you something, brother. Let me tell you something, sister. I'm not saying what I'm saying out of anger. I'm saying it out of love because let me tell you something. Some of you have allowed the enemy to bring offense in your heart and you went home and you sat there, but what you don't know is while you were pouting on the sideline, you missed out on a move of God. All in the name of being offended. All in the name of your feelings being hurt. What are you going to do when they rise up with an AK-47? Put it in your face and say, deny the name of Jesus or die. So those days are coming. What you going to do? You're going to look at him and be like, well, you, got, you, didn't, you didn't shake my hand. <laughs> what? Let me tell you what the church has got to have a major mass deliverance service on. Offense. The demon of offense has got to get out of the church. You got to quit getting offended and start getting over it. You know what's amazing about the word offense? It's just like that. A fence. 
And all of a sudden, you build a barricade between you and your brother, and now no longer can y'all partner together because you've got an offense in your spirit towards that person. Guess what? People becoming increasingly offended is a major sign of the end times. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You didn't like their post on Facebook and they defriended you. Oh, here's one for you. You didn't even know they were in the hospital, but they thought you had supersonic mentality, PSI or whatever, that you can transport over there and perceive them to be where they are. And then they get mad. And you're like, bro, I'm sorry. I did not know. I couldn't read minds. Nobody told me you were in the hospital. For this church and every church to move forward, you've got to get rid of the spirit of offense. you got to quit looking for people to do you wrong. And you got to start doing right by your brother and sister. you got to start loving God and loving people. And don't you dare say you love God when you hate people. Because the Bible said you are a liar. And all liars shall be cast into the lake of fire. That's the word, baby. They'll betray one another and will hate one another. Boy, we're living in those days. Y'all do understand, though, we've marked the X at wars. We've marked the X at false teachers. We've marked all these X's. We're definitely close to the season. The last thing, for God so loved this region. I'm going to believe I'm going to probably be in verse 11 somewhere, if you can go there. I'll probably read from 11 to 13 and I'll close. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive. Go on, verse 12. And because of lawlessness, thank you, that's what I needed. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Because of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. There's coming a day where wrong will be called right. Right will be called wrong. And people that really love people will have a hard time loving people because they say they do wrong and get away with it. And because of that, their hearts are going to begin to wax cold. I want you to catch that. That one translation says they'll wax cold. The love of many will grow cold. You understand that your heart getting cold is not something that happens overnight. If you light a candle and it burns, the wax becomes liquidive in the, in the bottom of that candle. But once you blow it out, you come back an hour later, now it's soft to the touch. You come back two hours later and it's a little firmer. You come back the next day and it's as hard as a rock. God said that in the last days, that's what's going to happen to people's love. It's going to begin to grow cold. See, I'm speaking to some people right now, and the truth is, is you used to be liquidive in your love. You used to allow your love, my God, this is good. You used to allow your love to flow into everybody and anybody. You used to pour your love over everybody and anybody. You used to be like a, like a drink offering poured out before the Lord. But now all of a sudden, because of hatred, because of bitterness, because of offense, because of people doing you wrong, your love has begun to slowly begin to flow and now it's turning harder and you find it harder to love people. You find it harder to forgive people. You find it harder to get over the things that they have done to do you wrong. You find it getting hard. The Bible says it's a sign of the time because if our love can grow cold and our hearts can be hardened, how can you say that you love God and hate your brother? Stand with me all over the house. Brooke, I just need you and maybe a drummer. And if you've got something on your heart, I don't need the whole worship team. I want to go to verse 13 because while all this is sobering and all this is very awakening, verse 13, and says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And watch verse 14. There's hope, y'all. Jesus gives the problems. And as he gives the problems, he then tells them, he says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Not only that, verse 14. Verse 14. It says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then. And then. 
and then the end will come. What is he saying? I'll tell you what he's saying. While the on-time events, while the end-time events begin to unfold on our news and visible through social media, even in our relationships, I'm confident of the word of the Lord that came through Peter on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. I'm confident that while it seems like the earth is going to hell in a handbasket, I'm confident while wars and rumors of wars are arising, I'm confident that while false prophets that are rising up just to draw men onto them, I'm confident that while families are being divided and people are being betrayed and people are being offended and the love of many is growing cold, I am confident of the apostle's word in Acts chapter 2. In verse 17, he said, and it shall come to pass in the last days. that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Acts chapter 2, 17. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. And I'll show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke and the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord and it shall come to pass that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved what's this thing all about? It's all about you. It's all about you. God loves you. He is for you. He is not against you. While you may be worried, while you may be anxious, God in his great love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. They can put an AK in your head. They can pull the trigger. You may be absent from the body, but you'll be in the presence of the Lord. I want to go back to that last verse in verse 21. And it shall come to pass in those last days that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Every head bowed and every eye closed all over this sanctuary this morning. Listen to me, brother. Listen to me, sister. What I'm about to ask you to do is not come to me, but to come to the Lord. What I'm about to ask you to do is not come to this altar, but to come to the Lord. And not just come to him, but begin to call on him. If you're here today and you're under the sound of my voice and you're lost and you're undone, your life is broken, you're in a place where you need a savior, I came to tell you, Jesus is here. He is here. He is here. He is here. If you're here right now under the sound of my voice, I don't know. Something was said, God pricked your heart, the Spirit of God dealt with you, and you say, preacher, I want to be saved. I want to give my heart to the Lord today. Today's the day of salvation. If that's you right now, just stick your hand up so I can see you. Let me see you right now. Every head bowed, every, every eye closed right now. Stick your hand up. Thank you for that hand. Any others? Come on. Stick your hand up. You're saying, I'm lost. I'm undone. I know I need a Savior. I want to make sure things are right with Jesus. The earth may be going to hell in a handbasket, but I'll be going to heaven in glory. I believe on the Lord. If that's you, you're here this morning on the sound of my voice. Will you raise your hand just so I can see you? I just want to pray for you. Raise your hand. Raise it high. Hold it up. Hold it up. The Spirit of God's here doing a work right now. Thank you for that hand. Any others? Any others? This is what I want to do. I want two groups of people to come this morning. I want those that maybe you don't need salvation, but maybe you just need to get things right with God again. Maybe you've realized that the alarm clock has gone off 16,849 times last year alone and you mashed snooze. And today you're saying, man, I've got to get up. 
I got to get in place. God's got something for me to do. And you're saying, I'm, I'm done. I'm done walking in lukewarmness. I'm done walking in lack of intimacy with you, Jesus. I'm getting back to the heart of worship of knowing you and loving you, God. I'm coming back fully to you. Maybe you're here today and you say, I need to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. If that's you, if you're any of those two people, would you come right now in Jesus' name? Come, 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 come. Come, 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 come. The Spirit and the Bride say, come, come on. Come on, you say, I'm getting it right today with God. I'm getting it right today with God. Come on, don't you stand there and put off for tomorrow what God is dealing with you about today. Thank you for these men and these women that have come right now, right here, and they're saying, I'm not, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. i got to get it right with God. Come, 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 come to the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord. The second group of people I'm going to ask come will be those that know we have brothers and sisters not just in Ukraine, but in Russia. The next group of people that I'm going to ask come are those that believe in Acts chapter 2 that in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. You know what I know? I know that in the greatest seasons of persecution, God does his greatest pouring out. And I believe that while Ukraine may be under attack naturally, I believe she is grabbing stride spiritually. I prophesy and believe that there's such a move of God coming to Ukraine. I believe there's a hunger of God arising. I believe that there'll be sons and daughters baptizing the Holy Ghost, walking in the Spirit of God. I believe that there'll be a church. There may be soldiers above ground, but there'll be a church underground that's praying and winning the war on their knees. And the next group that I'm asking to come is those that understand that our nations are in turmoil. And the Bible says that he will give us the nations as our inheritance. While we pray and decree, we say, God, give us the region. There'll come a day that the word region will come down. And we'll begin to declare, God, give us the nation. And that'll come down. And then we're going to remove that. And we're going to say, God, give us the nations as our inheritance. It's all a step. It's where we're going. Spirit of God, hallelujah. Spirit of God, hallelujah. Will you lift your hands in the sanctuary as the anointing of God is here? Call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Call on the name of the Lord. 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 you if you have a heart for the nations if you have a heart for what's going on in the world will you come and humbly bow down at this altar and will you begin to pray right now hallelujah come 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 hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. How much more will you Hallelujah.